John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus is praying before he leaves the world, and he's declaring the depths of his heart, what he sees as most important for the church, the legacy that he wants to leave, that he died for, this is what he's praying into. John 17, 20, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world, so that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What were a couple words you heard multiple times? Love, one, unity, right? This is what Jesus is seeking for his body may they be one as i and the father are one he he multiply or he, he says that multiple times think of that as i and the father are one from all eternity father son and holy spirit fully god fully love are in perfect unity perfect fellowship perfect community perfect intimacy and because of that they are perfectly satisfied they have a joy that is beyond our comprehension in their relationship with one another. Anybody here can say that they've had incredible joy that's come out of some really awesome relationships? It could be your family, right? It could be close friends. That there is a joy that nothing else can give you, right? Other than intimacy and love from a brother or sister, husband or wife or a parent, right? That is the cream of the crop, right? That's, that's the height of life is intimacy, unity, and love with one another. God ordained us for intimacy. He ordained us for family. We're made in his image, and he is community by nature. God is three in one. So in order for us to be fully satisfied, fully mature, fully functional, we have to come in intimate community with each other. And when we do that, it brings incredible satisfaction. Right? There are many who are not satisfied in the church, in the world, in our culture. They are not satisfied. They are isolated. They are fearful. They are stuck in addictions. Okay? You, you can... Maybe meet somebody like that. They're afraid to be vulnerable. They're afraid to trust. A lot of people. We, we're in a broken world, right? And they're not satisfied because they're not able to come to that place of intimacy. And so they, they choose or Satan, Satan tempts them with something that is so much less satisfying. It might be lust of any kind, right? But it's a counterfeit from what God has for us, which is love through community. The foundation of community is Christ. Of Christian community is Jesus Christ. So if we all have a uh, relationship with Jesus by grace through faith, he's the son of God, he rose from the dead, we are adopted into the family of God, right? We have a loving father who wants to meet all of our needs. And you know what the Bible says? That, that God sets the lonely in families, Right? So if you're in the family of God, God's going to be working on you. And sometimes we fight it 
because we're scared or, or maybe we're angry or whatever. But God's going to be working on us to bring us into family, to bring us into intimacy. Healthy Christian community looks like Jesus, right? Paul is saying that you raise me up so I can walk on mountains. Well, who's in me? Who's in you? Jesus. We're the hands and feet and voice of Jesus Christ. So if I'm in fellowship with Jesus, I'm going to be releasing life to my brothers and sisters. I'm going to be speaking words of life. I'm going to be thinking, how can I bless these people? I want to have meaningful relationships with them, right? True Christ-centered community is loved, loving, safe, gracious, servant-oriented, mature people, giving, empowering, liberating, and joyful. Those are the characteristics of true Christian family. Some of us come from churches that did not look like that, right? We've met a lot of people. I met a lot of people that, that left the church because they were felt used, disrespected, they were hurt by leaders. Okay, again, there's broken people everywhere, including in the leadership of the body of Christ, okay? And that's a bad thing that those things happen, but we need to forgive them and come into a place that is safe. The people are going to love me. They're not going to judge me. They're not going to measure me by the standard, but they're going to release the unconditional love of Jesus Christ and accept me as I am. Right? And it's the very love, it's the very acceptance that brings sanctification, that brings transformation in people's lives. When you're loving people, you're speaking true identity. That's the opposite of legalism. Well, you've got to do this, you've got to look like this, you've got to dress like this, you've got to talk like this in order to be one of us. You've got to be super Christian. You've got to pray eight times a day or whatever. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't give us those standards. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Yeah, but each of us has an individual walk. And church leaders need to respect that. They need to respect where people are in their, their sanctification progress. Right? When Jesus came into the world, he made ministry more important than family. Is that true? Mm, ha ha, I, I tricked you. I tricked you. I don't think that's true. When Jesus came into the world, he even waited to do ministry until he was 30. Right? He was focusing on family for, for 29 years, and even after the 29 years. You know what his life was about? It was more about family and community than ministry. He calls 12 disciples unto himself, unto himself. And he doesn't just meet with them when they're going to cast out a demon or, or um, preach the gospel. There's, these are not ministry-based relationships. Does ministry come out of them? Yes. But these are relationships that are an end unto themselves. God is a God of love. He's a God of intimacy. So Jesus, God in flesh, invites these 12 disciples into his heart, into his daily living, into his mealtimes. He gets to know their hearts. He gets intimate. There is a family, brotherhood, community that is established. They feel safe to be themselves around Jesus, and they even make mistakes. And Jesus is very gracious when they make their mistakes, right? There's such grace in that loving community. Jesus taught them. He listened to them. He empowered them. He supernaturally empowered them. Paul talked about believing and affirming people. 
That's what Jesus does, right? And even when we screw up, he's not going to beat us down. There's no condemnation of those who are in Christ. Right, Nathan Fowler? That's right. Jesus pulls us back on our feet and he looks into our eyes and he says, I believe in you. I'm for you. This is not who you are. You're believing lies. You're struggling with the flesh. But you know what? I got something better for you and I'm transforming you from glory to glory. Right? He believes in us. He sees the end result. But we need each other's love and support to get there. Right? We need our relationship with God. That's the, that's the core. But we need the body of Christ. We go to the book of Acts. The early church is established. Jesus leaves. And we see ministry naturally flowing out of community. Right? Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Okay, if I'm eating with somebody, what, what happens when you eat with people? Anybody? Okay, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So eating together builds community. It builds relationships. People start to share their hearts over, over food, right? Praying together. They go to their homes. They're not just meeting at church buildings. They, they didn't exist. Yeah, there's a temple back then. They went to the temple. But you know what? It looks like they spent most of their times in each other's houses. Whoa, that's an interesting way of doing church. That's way different from how we do it. And I'm not knocking on what's going on out there because there's a lot of good going on out there. But here's what I'm saying. The model of the New Testament is really a house church model because the house church model does support and facilitate community, and that's what God really wants to see happen. Right? But it's scary for a lot of people. At Liddy House on Sunday mornings, we decided to have small groups after pretty much every message so that people can start to get to know each other and start to bond. Do you think everybody liked that? They didn't. Not everybody did. Because, again, it's scary. It's scary for some of us that have been really hurt. It's scary to be vulnerable. Can I trust you? Well, if I can't trust you, you know what? I'm, I'm going to not be a satisfied person. So I need to take maybe little baby steps of being more vulnerable so that I can trust somebody and in turn they can love me and I can actually let that love in instead of block it off because nobody's safe. Right? Small groups, house churches help community, help inner healing, help all of that kind of stuff. The idea of Christian family, I mean, I can say that I genuinely love everybody here. And I'd release the love of God. I'd serve you, right? That, that's a, a good place to start. But we all have the opportunity to go beyond that and to say, God's calling me to be really close to some people. God's calling me into like a Christian family where I, I invite these people to my house. I do things with them outside of church. I get to know them. I invest in them. They invest in me. Right? A married couple, David and Andre Melander, have invested in me over the past two years. They've had me over to their house for, for dinner, for inner healing sessions, to show me what family's really supposed to look like. It's brought immeasurable fruit in my life. And in turn, the fruit that I'm releasing, because they sowed into me, is exponential. Okay? I'm doing that for others now. I pray, I seek. Lord, who do you want me to invest in? Who do you want? 
right? So I, I had somebody over to my house on Saturday. We went canoeing. And he opened his heart up to me. He talked more than I've ever seen him talk before, this guy. There's a lot of neat stuff inside of him. We, we bonded, okay? day after that, after church, after going out to eat, two other people came over to my house. I listened to the Lord. Lord, what, what do you want to do? You know, and we had some time of prayer. We had some ministry time. But we also played a vintage board game called Uncle Wiggly. And they really got a kick out of that, you know? That's what family does, right? So we, we bring people not into religiousness. We bring people into authentic family. And that brings transformation into our lives. Romans 15. Uh-oh, good thing I have strong hands. Okay. We, we who are strong, this is from Romans 15.1, Ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Here, let's see if I can re- redo this. Okay, is it going to stay? In Jesus' name, stay. Okay, a little humor for you guys. Okay. I'm almost done with the sermon, so what a scope. But thanks for your, your wisdom. You are wise, and I will learn from you, O sages. Um, Romans 15.1, we who, he has a beard, he's a sage. Okay, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. You've got to bear with my, my weak humor, folks, as I'm sharing, um, and not to please ourselves. There's a principle here in the Bible. Some people, some are very strong, some are very weak, right? Some of us have great strengths and great weaknesses, okay? Those of us who are strong, what would happen if we started to minister unto the weak, and we nurtured them, we invested into them, we, we were patient with them. We brought them into our lives. You know what happened? Lives would get transformed, the body of Christ would get a lot healthier, and the world would see Jesus alive in us in greater ways, right? So that is an exhortation. Those of us who consider ourselves strong in different ways, let us really consider sowing into those who have weaknesses in the body of Christ, right? We don't judge people, we love them, we support them. Parents are strong. Children are weak. Children need their needs met. A lot of broken people in this world. They grew up in broken families. They don't know what healthy relationships look like, healthy romantic relationships, healthy marriage, and there's only one way they're going to find out. Right? I know a lot of godly people that go into a romantic relationship and it, it falls apart. It's not because they don't love. It's not because they're bad people or they're rebellious. It's because they don't know how to do it because their parents never demonstrated it to them. What if they had spiritual parents that adopted them and they could see a loving relationship at work day after day, week after week? That would prepare them for a godly, healthy, successful marriage, right? So we got to maybe change the way we think about some of these things and really try to invest, be parents, be grandparents, right? Be great-grandparents, big brothers, big sisters to people who, who need that. Paul and Timothy. We see a father-son relationship that's incredibly powerful, incredibly intimate, and incredibly fruitful for the kingdom of God, right? Timothy would not have walked into his destiny, had not... Papa Paul looked at him and said, there's something special in you. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to bring you under my wing. I'm going to bring you into my heart, and I'm going to raise you up, right? 
2 Timothy 1, 3-4 says, I thank God whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Anybody leave their mentor and start to weep because they are so emotionally, deeply attached to them because they had such a special place in their heart in that relationship? Okay, I see some people nodding. And I'm happy to see that because this is the richness of life. Having that level of intimate, vulnerable relationships where love is the precedence there. And the relationship is taking precedence over the ministry. Paul is more concerned about his beloved Timothy than he is about Timothy's ministry. And Timothy feels that. Paul reached out and Paul's life is enriched because he has a spiritual son that so fills his heart. Being part of a healthy maturity brings, or community brings maturity. Ephesians 4, 13 through 15 basically says, you know, the different ministries, apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, all that kind of stuff. One of the main points of all of that is to bring the body of Christ into maturity. I have seen myself get way more mature being under the leadership of Paul Anderson. Okay, when I came into this community, there was a lot of unresolved brokenness in me. I came from an unhealthy church. Paul reached out to me. Paul believed in me. And he gave me opportunity. And you know what? I started to walk into more of my manhood maturity, more of my ministry maturity, more relational social maturity because somebody who's mature is investing in me. Right? We can't do this life on our own and think we're going to make it into our destiny. It is essential that we have godly, loving people who are further down the road than we are to walk, to help us walk into the fullness of what God has called us to walk into. Any thoughts? Just throw it out. What, what are some things that hinder us from community? Fear, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're similar. Yes. And it's very true, it's very prevalent, but how, how do we undo that? I'll say step one, having people like Paul Anderson who are affirming, encouraging, and safe, opening up their homes and loving young adults so that over the months and maybe even years, if that's what it takes, that somebody can say, wait, there are adults out there that really aren't going to use me or exploit me or control me and they're going to help me walk into my destiny. Right? Being around people like that. Any other thoughts? What hinders us from community the way Jesus is looking for community? Nathan? Yeah, that's a biggie. Somebody said self-sufficiency. And I'd, I'd say, yeah. It is messy. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, uh, you, you know that when you say messy too, as you raise Becca, um, it could be scary and you can get hurt. Mm -hmm. So if you've been hurt before, definitely that's going to be your guard for your heart. But if you are going to take a little step, you, you could get a little bit hurt. And, mm -hmm. and pray then that the Holy Spirit will heal it from here. Yeah. It takes a long time to rebuild trust when it's betrayed on very deep levels. Um, I want to turn this into a prayer right now, okay? Because my belief is that there are people here who are hurt and are afraid of intimacy, but yet they so desire it. They so desire, I want family the way God intended it to be, which may not be your blood family. Maybe they can't do that for you. But there are people in the body of Christ that can. And everybody's imperfect, so we've got to show each other grace. Um, but I'm going to, if you're right with this, I'm going to ask us to stand, okay? And we're going to believe that God's going to meet us because, again, it's his desire for us to become one with each other, but there are so many ways Satan has sowed into our lives to try and stop this from happening. So we're going to pray for the Lord to start to break down those things, okay? I'm going to pray, but I, I would like other people to pray. I'd like Jacob to pray if you're open to it after I pray. Heavenly Father, you are our dad and you are safe and you are for us and you believe in us and you are good and you call us to family. But for some of us, family is not a positive word. It was not a positive experience. It was scary. And for some of us, church has not been positive. It's also been scary because broken people did things that hurt us. And, Father, we choose to forgive them. Father, we choose to forgive our family, those of us who had moms and dads, brothers, sisters that were not safe, where we couldn't be ourselves, where they weren't whole enough to nurture our hearts and give us a sense of value and enable us to trust and to have intimacy. Father, we forgive them for that. And there's a lot of pain in some people here with that. But Jesus, we thank you that you, you set the lonely into families, into families that are safe and loving, and they understand us, and we don't have to be something other than who we are in order to be loved and accepted. And I, I pray for a special vulnerability tonight, God, that as we wait upon you and as we just seek you in prayer, that your Holy Spirit would just start to move on our hearts right now. Just move on our hearts and help our hearts to feel safe. God, help our hearts to open up. We pray that you'd break off the fear, God, that if somebody really knew who I was, they would reject me, they would hate me, they'd hurt me, they'd use me. Oh, Father, break those things off. And I pray that you'd sow in seeds of faith and vision, Father, of what you want their lives to be like, what you want their relationships to be like. Lord, I pray even over the next weeks for there to be divine encounters, where there'd be family connections for people who are looking for that in this community. Lord, turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children and bring forth community in this community, Father, that brings glory to your name. Yeah, before I pray, I just wanted to share that even as Bob was speaking, I saw that the Lord was taking 
several hearts and even on there like there's been like these holes um that where that hurt and that trust has just like almost like burned a hole in some of your hearts and i saw the lord take a needle and begin to mend and stitch together back that that those holes and those patches that uh, and that hurt that some of you are experiencing and i also feel like the lord was saying that there's some people who um who are going through different stages of hurt that you feel like um anywhere that you go that you don't you won't belong or, or that you haven't been able to fit in and that you haven't found the right place for you to connect and i really believe what the lord is saying is that to keep seeking him and he's going to place you in a specific spot in a specific time with a specific group of people like paul or like other leaders that are going to be able to help you grow and and walk in your destiny so be encouraged by that so god we thank you for the word that bob shared tonight god i just speak healing and peace that your peace would wash over all of us tonight in attendance god your peace that surpasses all understanding lord that hurt and that and that that pain and that 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 issue with trust that so many of us have struggled with over the years i just pray that you would begin to mend and patch together those holes that have caused such pain and I just really even feel like the Lord was saying to just continue to be to to just allow him to wash over to wash over you as we sit and just allow that mending process. It's a process. But as you continue to seek the Lord and journey, that stitching and that healing is going to come. And it's going to be such a sweet moment that you have with the Lord. So just allow yourself to continue to to, to be open and allow the Lord to stitch those 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 pains and those hurts as we sit in his presence. Amen.